0: Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the senior pastor at Chilton Church. We hope all our messages will help you connect more fully with God's love, grow as his follower, and share his hope with those around you. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, well again, good Good morning, everyone. Uh, For those of you who perhaps slipped in or those who are listening online now, uh, my name is Jason. Uh, I'm the pastor here at Chilton Church, and it's just lovely uh, to be able to step into the next part in what has been our little mini series now uh, on Abraham, his life, and the significance of his life even for us today, especially for us today as God's people uh, who are still uh, walking by faith and and walking in relationship with God. And so thanks to, to those of you who sent through all the positive feedback on last week. That felt quite special. So thank you uh, for doing that, for those that did. And just to say, if you missed last week, uh, I'd love to encourage you to listen online so that you can kind of come along with us on the, on the journey. We saw last week that our journey of faith with God, is uh, it flows from God's commands to us, which shows us what God wants us to do, to God's promises for us, the things that God has said he will do for us, to our responses, how we by faith choose to act on what God has told us to do in light of his promises, and then the struggle. That inevitably follows us stepping out in faith as we now have to wrestle with perhaps the challenges that come against us as we seek to be obedient to what God has said. And I, and I, uh, I mentioned this phrase that I'd heard another person uh, use that the dogs of doom stand at the doors to your destiny and they bark loud. And it was just this idea that if you want to walk where God wants you to go, there will be opposition. And if you want to really go and see the things that God has in his heart for you and for your life, there is always going to be some obstacle of faith or fear that you will have to navigate in order to get there. And so we said this week we would take some time to look at how we navigate that struggle well. The gap between receiving the command and the promise and being able to walk into the fulfillment of seeing God actually come through for us. And, and how do we do that well? How do we live well in the gap? in the struggle. Uh, and I'm sure that some of you will uh, be in the midst of that, even perhaps right now in your lives, as you think about, these are things that God is, has called me to do. These are things that God has said he will do, and yet we're not quite seeing it yet. And if you sort of experienced that before, or, or perhaps in it right now. And so let me pray for us as we go into this, and then we're going to look at God's word. And I trust, be challenged, encouraged, inspired. Uh, to, to navigate this gap well. So thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your grace, for your strength, for your power, for your mercy, for your word, which is a lamp to our feet. It is a guide to us. It reshapes and retools our heart, our perspective, our thoughts, our expectations for life. And Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would retool, that you would rejig, that you would refocus, that you would re-strengthen our hearts and our spirits. That for those of us who are perhaps right now in the gap, there would be fresh courage. And maybe for those of us who are on the cusp of stepping out into a fresh battle of faith with you, Lord, that you would inspire us with what we need to navigate this well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so let's just remind ourselves of something of the story of Abraham and why this was so important for him. Okay, so here's the timeline. At age 75, Abraham receives this command and this promise to go into a land that you don't know and to take your family with you. Leave your extended family behind. And this is the promise. I will make your name great, Abraham. I will give you the land that I'm sending you to. I will make you the father of a great nation that will ultimately bless the whole world. I mean, that's quite a promise to receive from God. And surely as you're looking at that and you're sort of working it out, step one in becoming the father of a great nation that is going to bless the whole world, is having a first child. You've got to begin somewhere if you're going to father a nation. And child one is the beginning. And yet we see 10 years into the story of having received the promise, there is still no sign of it coming true. Imagine what that would be like to be waiting that long on a promise from God. Imagine God says to you, so-and-so, whatever your name is, insert blank here, um, I want you to go and study at this institution and I will be with you and I will bless you and I will help you. And you're in your sort of final year, but you're failing every exam and you just cannot get through to the end and you've not been able to pass and it's not working out? Or what about if you receive a a, a call and a promise from God to step out and serve in the community, become a street pastor, get onto the streets and you will be a light into the community and people are going to come to faith because of you stepping out. And 10 years on, you've not seen a single person come into the church or come to faith or join the worship team and God is going to release a fresh anointing of worship over the church and I will strengthen you and be with you and every time you stand up to lead it just seems to go flat and people disengage or take this job in the city and I will show you favor I will be with you And you will be a kingdom influence for God. And 10 years on, all of your peers have been promoted and you're in the same place. Don't go back to work. Stay home with your kids. God is going to provide. 10 years on, you're in the worst financial place that you've been in. Imagine how that would feel. Recognize as well in this culture Their identity was completely tied to the way that they were able to live out their role in community as a father or as a mother. You were a great person if you were able to be a great father as a man. And you were a great person if you were able to be a great mother as a woman. So not only has there been no promise and no fulfillment There is also a complete brokenness of identity by this point. And so we see they come up with a plan. Who wouldn't be wanting to do that if you were in their situation? They come up with a plan. And we know that Sarah decides, well, maybe maybe the child doesn't have to be with me. And Abraham has another son with, with Sarah's servant. And they think, well, maybe that's what God wanted to happen. Then at age 99, God comes and he confirms his covenant with Abraham and says, this is what I'm going to do for you. I am going to make you the father of a nation, but it's not going to be with Hagar and Ishmael. It's with Sarah, your wife. And he laughs at the promise. We'll look at that in just a moment. And then it's ultimately At the age of 100, so that's 25 years after the promise and after the command, that the beginning of the fulfillment starts to kick in. At the point when the promise, I mean, it seemed ridiculous to begin with. Let's be honest, 75 years old, he's thinking, I don't know if this is going to happen. You know, am I really going to be the father of a nation that blesses the whole earth? Is that me thinking a bit big of myself? And yet we see he doesn't lose faith. There's a wobble. How many of us have had wobbles? There's a wobble, but actually he continues to trust in what God has said. And that's what we're going to learn from. So Genesis chapter 17, if you have your Bibles uh, you can you can open that up, and we will uh, read from verse 1. It says this, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blamelessly. Then I will make my covenant between me and you, and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down. It's interesting, even after all this time, there is still this awe and honor and respect for who God is. Even in the midst of the confusion of not knowing why, things haven't gone the way that he would hope. Abraham Abram, falls face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Now, I wonder if at this point he's thinking, okay, so we made a plan with Hagar and and Ishmael. Maybe, Maybe God said that's okay. This is the plan. You know, God had a promise. And I got involved, and and this has sort of been the way that it was meant to work out. You know, you may be thinking, he's thinking, all right, well, God's sort of pleased with me because we did trust and we did work towards it, and and God's now speaking to me again. Maybe it's sort of all working out. Then it goes on, though. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you, your descendants after you, for generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner. I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. Verse 15. God also said to Abraham. As for Sarai your wife. You are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. At which point we see Abraham fell face down and he laughed. And he said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? It's interesting, in Hebrews chapter 11, our parallel passage, it says that Sarah was unable to have children and that Abraham was as good as dead. That's the comment on his physical strength and stature at that time. This was no longer possible. And I can imagine him thinking, but, but God... It's not happened. It's not going to happen now. We have a son. I have a son. Can we work with that? And actually, that's what he goes on to ask. Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. You know, sometimes I think when God speaks to us, it can feel a bit like, God, you are calling too much out of us. This is too much. Can you not just bless what we do have and what we are able to do? You know, we'll bring our our loaves and fish and, and you sort of bless that. And is that not enough? And God says, I will bless what you have. But that's not my plan. Yes, I can do that. But your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you are to call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for the descendants after him. And we now walk in the light and the power of this covenant that God made with Abraham and the promise that came through Isaac. Hebrews 11, this is what I was mentioning just now. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled empowered, is the Greek word there, to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars. And by the way, if you've not been out of London and you've looked up at, at the sky here, you see the stars. It's not the same As if you get out of the city, any of you been out of the city, maybe into a space where you can really see the stars? I remember being out in the sort of middle of nowhere in in South Africa and looking up and there were so many stars. At first, I thought it was a cloud across the sky. And then you begin to look and you say, that's not a cloud. That's the Milky Way that we can see. As many descendants, as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore and after 25 years the promise kicks in so again here's the question when God's promises to us make us laugh and as Nikki said as I was working this through with her and laugh not in a good way (laughs) okay (laughs) how do we how do we navigate this gap between what God is calling out of us and, and the waiting, to wait without discouragement and despair until we see God come through and the fulfillment of that promise kick in. Well, I want to share with you some lessons that I've learned so far, and I'm sure there are others, but these are the lessons that I would love to, to leave with you, that you would be able to navigate this gap well, because if you don't, You will short-circuit God's plans for your life, and we minimize what God wants to do with us individually and in community because we don't know how to overcome the gap. Mind the gap. So the first is this. Do the spiritual work of confirmation when God speaks. It's important to know we can sometimes make mistakes, What we desire for God to say is not always what God is saying. What we want God to mean is not always what God is promising. And so we need to take it quite seriously when God is speaking to us, that we take it seriously and we do the job of confirmation well. What do I mean by that? Well, the first thing is this, write it down and record what god is saying to you when he's speaking i am so glad that that just after god spoke to us about coming and just after i heard and had that experience with god i took out my phone and i recorded what had just happened and and every couple of months i go back and i listen to myself saying what god had just said so that time doesn't distort what we've heard, and we're able to operate of what God has actually promised. Write it down. Share it with mature friends who can be spiritually discerning. And these need to be people that you can trust to say, this crazy thing that God has said to you, I think it's God. You need to action that. You need to step out in faith and do that. You need to take a risk. I I witness with that. They also need to be the kind of people who can look at you and love you and say, you know what? I think you may want to pray just a bit more about this. There's some things that don't sit quite right with me. Let's pray about it. But those people need to be people that you can trust to be spiritually discerning. You don't want to be having friends like Job had. They didn't help him. <laughs> you need friends that can help you. You don't want to go to people who themselves have a doubt faith issue, and equally, who have no sense at all. <laughs> you want to go to people that you can trust to be maturely spiritually discerning. Don't entrust your destiny with people that can't be spiritually discerning. Hey, third, you need to check our own hearts. Check our own hearts. Is this actually my desire for self-actualization? Is this actually my desire for comfort? Is this actually my desire for an easy life? Is this actually my desire to look good in front of other people? Yeah, our hearts can be fickle (laughs) and we need to evaluate them. And then, of course, and perhaps most importantly, we need to check that what we believe God is saying is consistent with the scriptures, with his word, and with God's character. Because you won't always find a passage of scripture that says, leave Cape Town and go to (laughs) Chilton. But you will find scripture that says that is absolutely consistent with his character. So it has to be consistent with the scriptures and consistent with his character. Once you've done that, you've now done the work of spiritual confirmation, You've heard God speak and you know it's good. Now is the time you put a flag in the ground. You draw a line in the sand. This is now what you fight for and fight towards by faith. That's one of the most important uh, scriptures for me in this has been 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul writes to his sort of protege and he says, Timothy, my son in the Lord, I'm giving you this command in keeping With the prophecies, the dynamic words of God that were spoken into your life, confirmed in community, received in the church, once made about you. So that by recalling them, here's the key, you may fight the battle well because it will be a battle. If God has spoken and he set you on a path, there is a fight to be had, a fight of faith. And we need to recall what God has said so that we can journey well and we don't give up and we don't lose heart and we don't back down. It goes on in Hebrews, uh, I think it's in chapter set 10 to say, and we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who have faith unto eternal life. That's my paraphrase of that. We need to fight by faith. In the things that God has said. Does that mean it will be guaranteed? Well, not exactly. There is a spiritual battle to be fought. Other people may not be faithful in the way that they should, which impacts our future. Sin can impact our journey and the time it takes for us to get where God is taking us. Think of Moses, who was meant to go into the promised land, but was not able to because of his sin of pride remember when he struck the rock when he wasn't meant to and god says unfortunately moses you now are not able to go into the promised land perhaps the fulfillment won't be seen by you but by others think of david and how he longed to build the temple but couldn't and it was solomon his son who ultimately did and then there is the obvious possibility that we can have made, we can make mistakes we can get things wrong we can misunderstand But I want to say, that is the unavoidable risk of faith. And the sin of passivity is no safer than the risk of faith. I'll say that again, because I thought that was a good sentence. The sin of passivity is not safer than the risk of faith. When we have done it well, and heard God speak, and put a marker in the sand... And we fight towards that. You know, in the end, I want to go and be with the Lord and know, and this is the key, as far as I have been able to do so, and with a clear conscience before God, I have fought to remain faithful to what I believe God has said to me, both in the Word and in the Spirit. And that is all that we can do. And it's everything we must do. Do the work of confirmation. Here, the next thing is, ask God what you should be doing now and trust the process. Because if you look at the end goal, it can sometimes seem a bit overwhelming. <laughs> How am I going to get up all those stairs? You don't know that mom is right behind you to pick you up once you've done the first two. Okay. Ask God to show you what you should be doing in this season. And sometimes the way that God gets us to where he wants us to be, is different to the way that we may have imagined in the beginning. Think of Joshua as he goes into the promised land. What does he have to do? He has to fight and fight and fight to get there. But the strategy for the first fight to take Jericho is to send people walking around the city with trumpets and shouting and and worshipping. Because the first battle was a battle of faith and trust, not a battle with swords and spears. Think of Jesus. He's our great example in this. Jesus comes, it says in Acts, to destroy the work of the enemy, the work of the devil, to free people from sin. And what is the strategy? It's for him to bleed and die on a cross, a death that he didn't deserve. Doesn't really seem to make sense. And yet for the joy that was before him, he endured The cross and entrusted the process to God. And sometimes it is for the joy before us that we endure the present and we entrust our lives to the process. You know, when I first sensed the call to become a pastor, I was in the middle of my architecture studies. And the sensible thing for me seemed like, well, I should just stop this right now and I should begin my formal training to become a pastor. It's going to save me years of my life. It was seven years of studying to become a pastor, you know, by the time I'd done my master's. I didn't want to additionally study to be an architect as well. And yet I clearly sense God say, Jason, I want you to finish I want you to finish what you've started. It's important. Trust me. And I often wrestled with that. It meant years of extra study. It meant late nights, all nights, working in a secular architecture firm. I'm so glad now, looking back, that I did it the way God said I should do it. And I didn't do it Jason's plan. See, in the gap, we must keep asking, Lord, what is your plan for me now? And I entrust the future to you. I think as we do that, it helps with this next step, to resist the temptation to make your own plans. And, and I want to I encourage you, do your best not to downscale the promises of God to make it achievable for you and achievable in your resources. And, and, and I, you know, I think if we keep savoring the now journey with God and we keep celebrating the many victories along the way, it helps to keep us from frustration of not being yet at the top of those stairs like in that picture that I showed. It keeps us from the temptation of wanting to come up with our own plans. Because our plans inevitably seek to minimize the risk to minimize the need to trust in God, to seek to take back control for your life. Who doesn't want to do that at times when God is, is leading you? Oh yeah, that sounds great, God, but I think I'm just going to do it my way instead because I feel a lot more comfortable doing it this way than your way. The thing is we then become dependent on our abilities and our resources and we rob ourselves of the opportunity of having a God-sized testimony that actually brings glory to God and not to you or to me. God's promises are not possible with our capacity and our resources and our intellect and our energy and our vision. We don't want to aim in life to do only what we know we can achieve. That leaves no space for God to do what only he can. So, As we wrap up, I want to perhaps call out of us a fresh resolve. And I want to pray that God would awaken in us all those dormant prophecies. All those dormant words and promises and senses of the Lord, of what he might have said to you. And, 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 and Nicky and I, as we were praying about this, we, we sense to say, you might be here and thinking, but I'm too old now. And I, I've missed it. And, and we can think that actually at any age, by the way. We, often <laughs> we think that all throughout our life. We think, oh, I've missed it. I've blown it. It's gone now. Abraham was as good as dead When God started to action his plans. I see a lot of very living people in the room today. We are not past it. God's seed is very possibly still in your heart and spirit. And I think God may want to awaken that today. And to listen afresh for God's now word. We don't have to worry about Abraham didn't have to worry about making this great nation and about blessing the entire earth. God was going to do that. There was a journey of faith that he had to walk. We're going to look next week at how even in the midst of the promise coming true, there's testing, and that was really challenging. He had to do what was before him that God was calling out of him. And then I want to encourage you to anticipate the fight. We need to be a people of faith that are willing to go into the battle. Battle is hard. It sounds glorious, doesn't it? It's sa- and 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 you know you. I can put up posters here of people you know dressed in military kit, particularly on a day like today, and say God is calling us to a fight. Everyone can feel like ah, oh, you know, let's go and, and fight this fight of faith. But it's when you're five years in and you've not seen it yet and there's not glory in it anymore, but in your heart there's a resolve to say, I have chosen to trust and believe what God has said to me. And through the pain and the loss and the difficulty and the heartache and the confusion, I am going to keep my course set. What does it say about Jesus? He fixed his eye like flint and and he set his face and he followed what God had said. And the glory comes. And the hope comes as he returns. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the church and how to connect with us in person or online, wherever you are, please visit our website at www.chiltonchurch.org.uk.